You're listening to the Industry Alchemist podcast. The definition of alchemy is a seemingly magical process of transformation or creation. This podcast exists to hear the stories of entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders doing just that in their industry. We hear about the journey of the brave souls carving a new path, moving their industry and our lives forward in a seemingly magical way. This episode is brought to you by OfficeChief.com. Office Chief exists to make moving your office easy and painless. Moving an office can be a big hassle. On top of running your company, you're thrown into having to figure out what to do. Hire space planners, furniture companies, movers, IT consultants, the list goes on. It only takes two minutes to create a profile and Office Chief gives you a step-by-step action plan and connects you with the top vendors in your market. Moving your office? Log on to officechief.com and make it easy. I'm your host, Matt Brower, co-founder and managing broker of Column Commercial Partners, helping companies save money on their real estate. I'm also founder and CEO of OfficeChief.com, an online resource for businesses moving their office or updating their space. Hey guys, Matt Brower here with the Industry Alchemist podcast. Today's guest is a leader in every sense of the word. After getting his bachelor's degree in business administration from the University of St. Thomas, He joined the U.S. military as an officer, where he spent six years as a leader of SEAL Team uh, 5. After two deployments in Iraq, he decided to reinsert himself into civilian life. He quickly became a leader in Denver's business community and is now CEO of Wishlist. Uh, Wishlist helps organizations reward and recognize their employees with experiences. Through recognition and meaningful rewards, They help their clients accelerate performance, increase engagement, and improve employee retention, which I know is uh, top of mind for all companies looking to hire right now and very important. Thank you for being here on the show, Daniel Casper. Matt, thank you so much for having me. That was uh, quite the intro. I'll maybe start having you do all my writing from from here on. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I was uh, stalking you on LinkedIn (laughs) earlier and... and, uh, Kind of uh, got a better sense for your background. So I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to to the chat. Yeah. So uh, we are on site here at uh, Wishlist's office in Rhino, mm-hmm. uh, and you guys. Uh, Oh, have owned this building actually what for five or so years? Three? Uh, not quite. So actually, just about two and a half. So two and a half yeah, years. Yeah, okay. purchased the building back in 2017. It's been just been a fun neighborhood to be in. The energy is kind of up and coming. The vibe is really changing. It's really energetic. Yeah. Uh, so it's great to have this kind of creative space uh, to build a company in. That's great. And I remember, um, I remember when you guys purchased this building, you had you repurposed it uh, mm-hmm. to what it is now. Cleaned it up. I see a lot of like you know wood floors, exposed brick and timber. It's a very cool historic building that you've modernized. Yeah, it's been kind uh, of fun to do as well. The building I think was was built in 1896. Uh, wow. It's a historic building. It went through anything from like an Elks Lodge to a grocery store is what it was originally. There's a name kind of inscribed on the outside, Myrtle. It was the shopkeeper's wife's name. So it's fun to have the kind oh of the, God, that's cool. the history behind the building, and then so kind of have that history blended with you know some new technology that we're kind of putting and more energy back into the space. Yeah. And you guys uh, talk about your team growth at Wishlist uh, since that time, because it seems like you're 
getting to the point where you might have to expand <laughs> yeah. beyond this. Yeah, yeah exactly. You got to start budgeting. No, it's been, it's been a very fun ride. Um, and it's also fun because people are really seeing the value of their people at organizations, yeah. so especially, you know, it's 2019, some type of rewards and recognition strategy. At this point, it's table stakes, right? So we have the millennials and their, their demographic, you know, and Gen Z, over 60% now in the workforce, and employment's at 3.6%, 49-year low. Uh, so getting talent, acquiring that great talent, and also realizing and empowering people and your team is so important to the business success. So it's been fun to, to grow within this industry and see how much people are actually starting to value their people in a more meaningful and digitized way. So that's really, you know, it's, it's fun to see our business grow with, with people and, and, and see how businesses are investing in that. Our growth specifically, um, since I joined three years ago, we've done 2x revenue growth each year for the past three years. Congrats. Which has been exciting, yeah. Uh, Bootstrap Foundation, which makes it even more fun. Uh, this year, we made the Inc. 5,000 fastest-growing private companies in America list. Uh, teams, I think, we've probably doubled in size um, in the past year and a half or so. So oh we've been getting that traction and really seeing that, you know, that hockey stick growth. And, and it's super just fun time to be a part and, and just be in the space in general. Yeah, and it's very clear. I can feel the energy when I walked into the building. Your team, everyone's just high energy working, uh, collaborating. It's a very cool environment. We also around. believe in very strong coffee, which helps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had some of that this morning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's great. Um, what uh, I, I want to ask you, um, I'm super curious about your leadership role and kind of uh, what, you're, what you were tasked with and um, hearing the stories of your military experience. Mm -hmm. And I have to imagine, I mean, when we had uh, coffee a couple weeks ago, you said that a lot of that had translated to kind of your business uh, uh, role now. Can you, uh, I guess let's start by talking about uh, what had you want to join the Navy and yeah. dive in. Uh, well, aside of the movie Top Gun, which really sold me, <laughs> uh, no, I really, I just, uh, from a kid, I just enjoyed adventure, right? I was always, we talked about before, uh, we built the go-kart in the backyard, we were always playing in the dirt, running around the neighborhoods, wanted to go see and do the world, playing pretend, so that adventure component hooked me. I don't have a background or family in the military, just something that was in the back of my mind. Yeah. Um, so when did, uh, I went to school, as you mentioned, at the University of St. Thomas in St. Paul, Minnesota, did ROTC there. Okay. And I uh, was fortunate to be one of like nine people selected for the special operations community that year that I graduated. So had a wow. nice two years of training, which, you know, everything from, from diving to skydiving to how to shoot to uh, my specialty specifically was explosive. So how to disarm bombs, um, you know, nuclear, biological, chemical, so the kind of the, the whole explosive space. So, so you were the crazy guy in Hurt Locker. Yes. But yes. maybe less crazy. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> the movie Hurt Locker for the Plus or minus. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that great was my, movie, by the way. <laughs> it was a great movie. And yeah, that was my specialty. And that was wow. also the, my, I guess, uh, conception and inception of my technical background. Because it's not, you know, it's very, um, very much in electrical engineering. It's a very much a puzzle and you're playing high stakes. So I, we had some very interesting tools, things that are just coming out in, in terms of technology stuff that was in R&D. Uh, so that was really my first exposure into the tech world, um, was mostly with my explosive experience. Wow, okay. So did two years of training, um, and then was stationed out of Coronado uh, in San Diego yep. for beautiful. the next four years. Beautiful spot. Love sitting on the beach there and watching the jets take off and land. Yeah, it's so, a great spot. So I have, great. My memories are more running and... And swimming in cold water there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look, I had a little bit yeah, different experience. Exactly. In so maybe I should go did. back for a vacation. But <laughs> yeah, um, was at um, was stationed out of there. Did two deployments to the Middle East. 
um, and then also was the assistant operations officer after that, after my platoon commander ride. So I essentially just worked with about 10 or 11 different platoons coordinating their operations around the globe. Um, but kind of like operation, uh, a central operation uh, strat uh, strategy team. And exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Wow. So my first two deployments were as platoon, platoon commander and then got, got promoted um, to be that operations officer. So more coordinating strategy. Um, kind of working with the Pentagon to figure out, hey, what's, what do we want to do on the ground? How are we going to get there? How do we involve locals? How do we get places, things from A to B? Yeah. Uh, with the PR strategies. Um, so that was kind of my, my second, I guess, year or so. That's great. Um, but as you mentioned and alluded to, you know, people say, how, how did you get from the military and special operations to, to the tech world? Like, how, how was that transition? And honestly, I always reply, it's, it's, the environments are strikingly similar. You're working in global environments. You have high-performing teams. It's about teams and building those. Yeah. Um, you're creating technology, using technology that hasn't been done before. You have to make decisions. It has high impacts. Um, so really, the environments were similar and are similar. And so it's why, it's yes, it does take some adapting in terms of you know, yelling doesn't always work in the civilian <laughs> sector. Um, but it, the environments are similar, um, and it's really, you know, I was really molded in, in the Navy environment, and so I'm really using and, and have found success, maybe you have to ask my team that, but yeah, <laughs> have yeah. found success in using some of these military leadership concepts in the civilian world and building, you know, startup teams. Wow. And um, I have, uh, I do not come from a military background, however, my, you know, my, my dad, his brother, their dad, they all were in the Navy. And awesome. we were told by my parents, I have three brothers, we okay. were told, you guys are not going to go to the military, you're going to go to college. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't have that background, but I've watched enough documentaries yeah. to learn about that Navy SEALs have to go through uh, what's called Hell Week. Mm -hmm. So what would you compare uh, Hell Week to in business? <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a joke. Uh, yeah, exactly. I know there's nothing that compares. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it is a different world. I mean, <laughs> we have snacks in the office. We have coffee. We're in this nice space. And, yeah. and so I always, I always have to bite my tongue when we have, you know, people coming out of college and, oh, the snacks are out or, you know, stuff oh, like yeah. that. I'm just like, you have no shit idea. my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously, it, there's a lot of challenges, right? And they're just different. But yeah. the, I think the biggest similarity um, between the environments is, is mental, right? So yeah. most of all the training in the military, you know, even at the toughest times, yes, it's physical, but it's designed to have you fail physically. It, mm. You will fail physically. However, what they're looking for is one, teamwork, and two, mental, like your mental state. Will, it, will you continue to push on even though everything, the environment, yourself, your body is telling stop? And that's very huh. similar, honestly, to environments. You know, early stage startups, it's, you know, it'd be easier to stop. You're getting up and say, hey, is this going to work? Should yeah. I keep going? And, I mean, there's a lot of risk. There's a lot of money on the table. There's a lot of people's, you know, careers on the table. So a lot of, the, you know, the biggest thing that I learned is it's a mental game above anything else. Do you have that determination? Do you have the courage? Do you have, do you have, can you make decisions? And will you push through when your environment and people around you are telling you, no, you can't do that or, you know, stop? Wow, that is a great analogy. Uh, what would you say, I guess, how do you uh, try to foster that or strengthen that for the people on your team here at Wishlist? Uh, absolutely. Uh, to me, it's, it's getting one, getting the right people in, on the team, first and foremost. Mm. Um, and that's been you know, one of my biggest, I, personally, one of my biggest successes over the past year is right now I'm so confident in the team I have sitting out there. Yeah. And that's, I'm so proud of who's here and what we're working on, how they're thinking, approaching problems. It really inspires me. I also try to hire people smarter than myself so that <laughs> as part of the team um, as well. But how do I inspire that mindset? Um, uh, it's really just one, it comes from, um, again, the people that we're hiring. 
Two, it comes from setting really challenging goals and then holding people accountable on that, but really inspiring people. So my definition of leadership, I know I was here defined so many different ways. My definition is to inspire people to want to create lasting change themselves. Mm. So that's my goal is I want to inspire my team to tell them, hey, here's what Wishlist is. Here's what we're helping to solve. Here's the impact that we're not only creating for our business, but for you know the 192 companies that are using our software right now is we're actually changing these people's lives because they feel like they're a part of something. Yeah. They feel like they have an impact. So I help set this vision of what we're doing and, and what each department is responsible and how important they are in getting us there. And then I set them free, right? So, and that's why I hire people smarter than myself is because I want them to have this extreme ownership, which is in, you know, a book out there, and something that is instilled in the military. This is your department, this is your team, this is your company, and you are in this phenomenal position to be able to build, to create, and make this yours. So I want them to be proud of this. Yeah. And so I, I, my goal is to really inspire them to want to do their best work of their life here, to have this impact and own their role and own this company because this is theirs, and we can build something phenomenal together. Wow, that's great. And you, how many employees are you guys up to now? Uh, we're at 23. Okay. So it's still pretty on, still on the small side. So uh, accountability is, is uh, I don't know what, you, what, I wanna, what I'm trying to say, like uh, critical accountability mm -hmm. or that's, it's, there's no, emo it kind of takes mm -hmm. the emotion out of, mm -hmm. hey, get your job done. It's accountability, you as CEO, mm -hmm. uh, you give ownership to the leader of each mm -hmm. kind of division. Mm -hmm. And then they have their teams, and there's, it's just accountability to accountability. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, you know, you get the job done, and everyone has ownership. And Yeah, that's exactly it. And, and to me, I try to, like, you could always, as, as a leader, I, I try to set the bar higher. Higher than, you know, and, and keep it there, right? Because yeah. as soon as it slips, and even little things slip, and the bar falls and falls, even by little increments. And what I found is if you have the right people on the team, they want to be held accountable. Mm. And, and they actually, like, they, they feel they want the critical feedback. They want to say, hey, if, if, they didn't, if they told you something and they didn't follow through, they want you to call them out because they want to be better themselves. And so while mm. accountability as a leader, it's those tough conversations are, are just that. They're tough. You know, yeah. you, you have a small team here. I'm pretty close with my people. Um, but I'm also in a place where, as a leader, I want to call them out on it. Like, if I, we're, we all want to build this together, and if I'm not seeing something that they said they were going to do, I'm going to call you out on it. But yeah. guess what? I expect the same for me. If I ever say, promise something or say something and I don't follow through, if I don't deliver on something, you, you absolutely hold me accountable, too. So it's kind of this reciprocity um, and just kind of not ever letting the bar slide. This is who we are. This is the bar. This is what is set. And it will not go down. And so I don't like roll down to the lowest common denominator. What I do is set a bar, and then everyone else rises up. Wow, love it, love it. Yeah, it's like inspiring to like. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of like, oh my god, my companies. I want to go <laughs> be better at doing that. Yeah. I would imagine the the military experience you have, like, that's life and death stuff. Mm -hmm. It trained you to just that's how you operate all the time. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's really my foundation, right? It's really like, if I think one experience that had shaped my life, it's absolutely the military. And the thing with special operations is you don't have that multi-million dollar plane. You don't have that multi-billion dollar ship that you, you are the weapon system. Your yeah. people are the weapon system, paired with technology, yes. Uh, but in that case, your team is literally the difference between life and death. Yeah. And so if you're not crafting that high-performing team that you can first and foremost trust, trust you can communicate with, you can think proactively that everyone brings a different diversity, you know, different skill set to the team. Um, you are going to fail and people are going to get hurt for it. So I still bring that level of criticality to bringing teams. Mm -hmm. And I build every team that I'm a part of as if it was life or death because that's essentially what we're doing. You know, we're building this company and it's either sink or swim. 
yeah. especially in early stages. So yeah, it really has shaped me. Um, one, my focus on people, and two, um, how can we leverage technology? You know, it's 2020 now, which is crazy, um, but instead of just throwing people at problems, how can we leverage the technology that's out there? How can we experiment? How can we be okay with trying new things um, and not necessarily failing, but falling? Because failing to me implies you won't try again, but if you fall, you'll get back up. So I really try to encourage that so we as a team are growing together. Yeah. Yeah, let's dive a little bit further into your technology and mm -hmm. wish list and what you guys provide because it's very distinct and unique from mm -hmm. really anyone that I'm aware of. So every company, obviously, as part of the recruitment and retention process, you, you know, companies provide health benefits and things like that. You guys provide experiences. It's kind of like an extra layer of um, benefits. Mm -hmm. uh, talk more about what your, give us some examples. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. No, no, absolutely. So, you know, essentially the mission of Wishlist is to really cultivate and create teams um, where employees can do their best work of their life and have that high possible impact. Very much aligned with, you know, what I'm trying to do and instill in my team. Um, our technology, it's HR technology, human resources, as you mentioned, the rewards and recognition space. Um, it's really f um, kind of grounded in, in psychology, believe it or not. And so we inject a lot of psychological elements within the software. Mm. Um, if you think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs from like Psych 101, where you have to fulfill that baseline before you can move up and you know, reach your full potential. Yeah. So that's kind of where we live in terms of concepts. That bottom tier is, hey, am I breathing? Obviously, you need to be doing that before you move up. Then do I feel safe? And that third tier is where our software injects itself. That's love and belonging. So our software helps employees feel like they're a part of a tribe, that they're part of a team, that, they're, they're impact, that their work is, is connected to something bigger, that what they're doing is, has meaning behind it, so they're able to kind of move up that ladder and, and um, essentially reach their full potential. So that's kind of the concepts behind what we're doing. Um, as you mentioned, our rewards programs are, uh, they're different in a couple different ways, one of which is they're very intentional. So it's not just saying thank you or that's connected to some point system that kind of disappears in the ether or just sits somewhere. Um, it's very intentional. It's going to connect to your core values. Uh, we have prompts within the system to kind of, again, leverage some technology, say, hey, you typically have been rewarding in these behaviors. Have you done it in this time? So it's very intentional. Uh, it's very customized to own organizations about what they're building, what they're trying to accomplish. Um, it's very team-centric, so it's not like a brag board, uh, but it really you can call out some of the good work that other people on the team are doing. And then, as you mentioned, it's experience. So it's not about plaques and trophies that kind of just sit on your, on your desk and, and collect dust. Yeah. Um, if you think about, you know, probably the top five memories in your life, I would, I would argue most of those are probably, you know, getting out there and seeing in the world and doing something. And Absolutely. Maybe climbing that mountain at sunrise, maybe at that, and watching the sunset on a sailboat. So that's what we're building. And over the five years, we, we build this marketplace of experiences that are going uh, to be given to the employers or to, to their team to create that memory, to connect that brand. They're going to post on social, take their company. Um, so it's a way to get out in the world and see and do things on behalf of your company that's mm -hmm. a little bit different and more resonates with the current demographics we're seeing in the workplace. So uh, give, give some uh, other examples of like what, what are some of the offerings that mm -hmm. you're helping companies provide to their employees? In terms of specific experiences? Yeah. Ex yeah, of yeah. course. So, so I'm a car guy, so they have this really awesome car driving experience. You can go up to your in Golden and drive Ferrari or a Porsche 911, which is oh, sweet. Wow. Um, you can go skydiving. So we kind of have all these different uh, categories, right? So oh, we have wow. adventure, which I'm typically drawn to, bungee jumping, yeah. driving these cars. Um, we have relaxation, so you can go to the spa. Um, you can get a massage, get your facial, kind of go relax for a day. We have yoga retreats. Uh, we have city living experiences. So you can go to brewery tours, paint and sip classes, board game. We have like subscription boxes. We even 
um, have access to live events. So this is your sporting events, this is theater, these are concerts, they're all done within the platform. I um, have access to about 10 million different live events. Um, and then we also do travel. So uh, companies now that are rewarding for their milestone anniversaries are sending people on these, on these trips, and that's something we help facilitate. So currently have about 3,500 different local experiences coast to coast in every major city. We also have solutions for like that small town. Um, and it's been really fun to see the memories that are created on behalf of companies within the platform. So you guys are national. We are. Uh, is, is, you're based here in Colorado. Is Colorado your big, biggest market or would there? Yeah, it's a big market for us. We started yeah. here, our roots are here. Yeah. Um, very much in the West Coast as well. So San Francisco, San Diego, up to Seattle. Okay. Um, you know, Austin we're in, Chicago we're in. Um, East Coast up to New York, um, so Minneapolis. So we're kind of, you know, a major metropolitan areas is our best marketplaces. Again, we do have yeah. solutions for people that work remotely um, and um, just need something or if they want to do something when they're out in the country somewhere as well. Yeah, that's great. How did this, uh, how did the idea come, mm -hmm. come up? I, I'm not aware. You probably do have competitors out there. I'm yeah. not aware of who they are. Yeah. Um, if you do. So how did this idea come to... Yeah, so I actually did, didn't start the company. I was brought on to kind of take the team a, a few years back. Um, the founders, they met uh, while getting their MBA okay. in Spain. And within Spain, you can go out to the grocery stores and a couple of stores, and they have these boxes that were based on experiences. You purchase the box, and you get an experience. So that they love the concept of, it, of experiences. Again, that was what they're doing abroad. They're seeing the world and doing things. They love that. Yeah. Um, but they wanted to digitize that. So they did, and they jumped into a business um, initially that was B2C. So it was about experiential gifting to your friends, to your family. And so that's how we started. Uh, quickly got traction in the B2B space. Uh, e mm. Companies, HR departments are calling in, hey, I want to get these for my employees, and realize, like, hey, while we can still can maintain this B2C concept, why don't we move to the B2B space? Because the rewards and recognition is, is really kind of stale. It was a place where you're getting these catalogs for your 30-year anniversary. Um, you always hear the horror stories yeah. of people uh, that are getting, you know, you get the person that's doing dry January, they get a bottle of wine, or you get the person that, you know, is <laughs> deaf that gets the, the iPod and stuff like that. So you hear these horror stories. And yeah. so what our situation, what our solution does is it solves for your, your diverse workforces because we offer the power choice. You have all these things you can you can solve for. It's, it, it's a lot of built on automations. So we have integrations to HRS systems. And so we're doing kind of digitizing these core concepts that are core to the human condition, but we're just taking that into 2020. So you can solve for your company, have a meaningful rewards program, connect your employees so they're able to move up that Maslow's hierarchy of needs and, and reach yeah. their full potential. So they are, so employees are able to look at all the options of the experiences and they can pick what's, what they're drawn to. You're exactly right. Very so cool. uh, employers can send a price point. Um, okay. And then they're able to browse. So we kind of disassociate price went from the recipient. So yep. it's not like, oh, here's a sticker. You know, in the real life, you take off, you bought flowers, you take off that sticker, I give it to you. So we model what we're doing in the digital space yeah. um, after the real world. But then, yeah, everything that you see on that marketplace uh, is available for you to select. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, it's funny. I'm, uh, what you're talking about, the catalog, I can, mm -hmm. it's bringing back memories of oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> my five-year anniversary at a prior yeah. company I was at years ago. Yep. Looking through the catalog, I could pick from a, uh, a metal, like a silver ring, uh, a little plaque that says five years that I set on my desk, uh, I think a, a leather wallet. It's like, what? Exactly. It's like, <laughs> thanks. oh, thanks. 
Thanks for this. this probably yeah. all ten dollars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Five years of my really life. feel valued for five years of <laughs> <Right>. your life. <Yeah. laughs> so I love what yeah. you guys are doing. It's very yeah. cool. Yeah, it's been fun. It's yeah. and again, it's been fun to see some of the stories on the platform that come through. We've actually had a couple got engaged through one of the wishlist experiences. Um, so it's, yeah, we get we get kind of the full spectrum of we get to see some of the cool things that are happening on behalf of companies. So. Yeah. So um, have you? personally like uh, done a lot of the experiences here in Colorado that you guys offer? Or? Yeah, so we, we eat our own dog food, as they yeah. like to say. Okay. So we use the program internally. Um, and yes, so we try to, about once a quarter, we try to go out. We just went rock climbing up in Boulder uh, the past quarter. The, your team did? Our team did, oh, yeah, cool. which was fun. Yeah. Um, we went wildwood rafting before. So we tried to go out there and one, learn about the vendors and give them some business. But also, again, it's a great team bonding yeah. thing as well. Yeah. So th this being a you know fairly new concept in corporate America, I think, what challenges have you guys come up with that you've had to overcome trying to interject this into the market? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just market education. Like I mentioned before, the demographics that we're seeing with the some of the economic factors, what has been done in the rewards and recognition space previously isn't working anymore. Mm. And so we get a lot of calls understanding, like people and predominantly HR teams, that are saying, hey, I know we, this is so important, um, but what do I do? Yeah. And so a lot of uh, you know, our sales process isn't really just here's the feature set. It's essentially you know, consulting. And we're saying, here's what we're seeing in mar the market. Here's what we're seeing in the industry in terms of uh, what people want for rewards and recognition strategies. Here's what's important. You know, a lot of it is, is the power of choice. You should be looking for something with automation. You should be looking for something that encompasses your demographics of your workforce. That can, you, no matter where they're located, they have something that's meaningful for them. It has to fit within your budget. So a lot of it is just kind of telling people and showing people what's important for success program, whether that be wish, wish, wish list or not, there are some things that we see very important to, to invest in um, and kind of consulting them through, hey, here's what you're looking to accomplish and how can we align it to your own values? Again, it could be we want that intentional piece so it's not just something you turn on and people just fire all these notes or gifts and it's just not really impactful. But we, and that's what we do a little bit differently too, is our reporting, it shows how people and good work is connected through your organization, it shows your high performers, it shows how projects are in one department actually trickle over and had effects on other departments. So it's a cool kind of educational piece. Uh, a challenge for us is showing ROI. Um, a lot of companies, they, you know, they call and say, hey, you know, it's gonna cost me X amount of money to get in, to have this rewards and recognition program. My CFO is gonna say, you know, what's the ROI on this? And so I asked them, you know, I kind of flipped the question back to them and say, hey, how are you currently measuring this and is it successful? And a lot of times, most times, they don't have that metric. So what we've actually done is used all of our five years of data to develop our own ROI like calculator. Yeah. So we have this formula where companies can inject what they're investing and the returns that they see on both freeing up time, um, on engagement within their employees, and also lowering turnover. Yeah, that's those are the metrics that I can think of that are mm -hmm. super important is, what is your current mm -hmm. uh, turnover rate? What's your you know retention rate? What's your hire rate? How often are you uh, beating your competitors mm -hmm. in hiring, you know, top level talent? Yeah, that's uh, exactly. You it. probably have all that data that yours shows. Yeah, we you know increase. Um, what is the so the, you mentioned the software piece of mm -hmm. this? Uh, so is this basically a, a digital marketplace between employees? and experiences, or how does that work? Yeah, yeah um, so we kind of, we, we have two solutions uh, in the market, one of which is kind of on beta right now, that's the more the recognition piece. Recognition is essentially, it doesn't have to be tied to reward. Uh, right now we are doing rewards, experiential rewards, but we're gonna use that essentially as rewards as a vehicle to recognition, meaning that, hey, not all work, not needs a gift to say thank you, 
you may have done a rock star job at this podcast, and I just want to say thank you. You know, I appreciate you you coming and taking time to do this. I appreciate your insight, and that you know you feel something with that. You feel like you're connected to that. So we're right. kind of getting toward that non-monetary ecosystem of how do we call out the good work in in the team. Uh, but right now, the core product is rewards, um, and it is essentially an experiential marketplace. So, um, and then also an admin type of portal mm -hmm. where people can, and managers can have their budgets, they can, they can have approval processes, they oh, can wow. see all the reporting, have so they can, they can either send the GIF and then see how people are in, engaging with that. And then on the recipient side of the, the house, it's you get an email, you get a text message, you can get a PDF, you click on the link, it takes you to the marketplace, and then everything you see is available for redemption. And then you either oh, can book it instantly through APIs that we have, or you get in touch with our uh, concierge team that helps book on your behalf. Wow, so I can like be on my phone, I'm an employee, I got a reward, I can flip through the categories of experiences, mm -hmm. click on what I'm drawn to, and book it. That's exactly it. I mean, you could be Very up in cool. the mountains right now. You could be on vacation in San Diego and, you yeah. know, visit that, that nice beach down there. <laughs> um, and you can book experiences wherever you're at, too, from mobile. So it's, again, it's, it's just how, how can we create stories and memories and connect those back to employers to help yeah. build their brand. So cool. I love it. Um, that's great. I appreciate uh, kind of sharing the, the uh, how it all works. Yeah, I'm, happy to. Yeah. It's a very unique uh, mm -hmm. offering you guys have. Mm -hmm. Who would you say is the kind of the perfect customer of yours, who, mm -hmm. you know, the profile of a company uh, that should be paying attention to you guys? Yeah, so right now, um, we're really focused on mid-market. We have, of course, enterprise clients as well, but we like mid-market um, companies that are really, you know, really forward-thinking and want to invest in their people. You think, you know, hey, who, who uses this? Is it probably software companies? And yes, we have software companies, but what I love to see is the diversity of our client base. Uh, we have government agencies, we have city councils, we have nonprofits, we have logistic companies. So that to me is exciting wow. because we're seeing how much people want to invest in, in their teams and then how important that is. Um, so our, our ideal customer is essentially mid-market. So our mean customer size right now is our client employee base is about 566 employees. Okay. Um, the, but it can go up and down from there. That's what the fun part of our solution is. You know, we, can, we were in with companies that when they're, you know, 50 employees and, and go up to, you know, thousands of employees, we have thousands of employees. So that's the fun part is we can kind of dial up and down. Just forward-thinking companies that really believe in their people and want to engage with their, their teams and really make an impact um, to show how the good work on their team is being called out. Cool. And what's the best way for those companies to find you guys? Yeah, uh, our website is enjoywishlist.com. So feel free to check us out there or, or connect with myself or any one of my team through LinkedIn is always a good way. I'm happy to always, you know, just grab a cup of coffee if you're local or just talk about what we're seeing in the space with rewards and recognition and some things that you've done to, to find success in building those teams. Um, again, we, we, we're in, we love that and we love yeah. hearing the stories of what's working, what's not, so we can help articulate and consult our clients and potential clients on, on, on really the most latest trends in the market. Cool. All right. Yeah, so uh, let's kind of dive a little deeper then into um, uh, you personally. I like to kind of uh, end these with just rapid-fire questions. Let's go. Um, so how about uh, if you have one, what's your morning routine? So I'm an early riser. The military got me on that. I'm I up have no at, doubt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, up at 4.30. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not fun this time of year when it's dark. But then I, I'm a gym guy in the morning, so I go to the gym. Um, zone out. It's just as much mental for me as physical. Yep. So get a good workout in and then out to the office by 7.38. Got to get this coffee in and then get after it. <laughs> so do you not drink coffee till you get in the office? No, no, wow. I don't. Yeah. So it's just 
through adrenaline until, yeah. <laughs> until I get here. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm trying to um, start the habit of like getting up and going for a run, mm-hmm. and then drinking coffee. Yeah, I, I haven't gotten to the point where I put on my running shoes yet when I get up. So That's I'll the hardest part. That. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the hardest part is that, especially when you're starting new, like, routine. Now it's harder for me not to go just because it's so habitual for yeah. me. But, yeah, starting that early transition was, was yeah. not easy. Um, next question. Are there any, uh, like, books that have been super impactful for for you, mm-hmm. uh, business, personal, whatever? Yeah, I've been really into data lately and the use of, essentially, machine learning, uh, artificial intelligence, um, and essentially, how can we model data to have it learn, like essentially predictive, predictive analytics? So how can we model human behavior and see that within data? Yeah. So there's a couple of predictive, predictive analytics is one that I actually just got done with an audiobook. Very interesting to see huh. um, how, how that world is. Um, and then there's another book called Everybody Lies uh, that I just finished. So essentially, it says, hey, you lie on, people lie, not you personally. I'm not, <laughs> not to throw you under the bus, but people no, in I general, lie. I mean, no, so kidding. do I, right? <laughs> Uh, lay, on, lay on surveys, they lie to their friends because they don't want, you know, there's that moral, social component to them. So what it does is it looks at Google searches over a certain amount of time to predict and understand people's actual behavior. Oh my god! So very interesting to see how the delta is between, hey, what people are saying on surveys and what actually is searched for and what is seen on the internet behind a computer screen. Yeah, that's the thing that I think a lot of people are, are uh, kind of getting afraid of is mm-hmm. like, my God, the amount of information, exactly. the true information yeah. that Google has, that Facebook has uh, on all of us. It's kind of getting It's crazy. Uh, getting I mean, crazy even now, you, you, on Google Maps, you park your car, it says, updated location to park car. Right. Or, you know, you leave to go to the gym, it says, 17 minutes to your gym. I mean, right. which is all, again, predictive analytics that understands normal behaviors. And when you get in your car at 4.30 a.m. or 5, it says, oh, he's going to the gym. Yeah. So it's interesting to see how it, you know, can benefit humanity, but then there's Absolutely. also some moral implications which are there as well. And so it's yeah, a very it's really topic. fascinating, mm-hmm. and I think uh, there's a lot of positive to it. And mm-hmm. It's just kind of a scary thing. It is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To trust it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And for, you know, for us humans to not kind of uh, uh, use it in a wrong way. Absolutely. You know? Yep. So um, how about a favorite technology that you use regularly? Uh, I'm going to go with Google Maps. I think that's the most, especially with the traffic in Denver. I mean, I realize oh, yeah. I had to use that dang thing just to get from my here to my house to see what the best route is. So yeah. if, I, if I think one is the one technology I think that really changed my life, it's, it's Google Maps. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I use that daily. Yeah, see? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then last question. You've, I'm sure you've seen a t- t- bunch of the world, especially yeah. being in the military. What's the favorite place outside of the U.S. that you've ever been? Mm, uh, I think the most interesting place that I've been to is Lebanon. Uh, very interesting history. I mean, it goes back thousands of years. Uh, right now, it's still somewhat tumultuous in areas. Uh, yeah. Very different ways of thinking in terms of religious affiliation there. Um, some of the best food I've ever had. It's beautiful mountains right up to the ocean, but there's still this dangerous kind of wild westness to it, which oh. adds to the allure. Um, so I, it was a super interesting place, um, and I would I would go back at some point as well. What year did you go? Uh, I was there in 2015. Okay. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah. My best friend is from Lebanon. Highly and recommend. I mean, it's, yeah. again, you have to be careful in some areas uh, in terms of what they're seeing. Yeah. Um, and some violent stuff, but it, it's an amazing place. Yeah. I highly recommend. Yeah, I will definitely get there someday. We'll yeah. see when. <laughs> but uh, well, this has been fun. Uh, Love learning more about you and wish list and. Uh, Appreciate you taking the time this morning. Likewise, Matt. It's uh, very much a pleasure to chat through some of this, and I look forward to to continuing the conversation. Absolutely. Thanks, Daniel. Cheers.